0: Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. I wanna welcome you, um, our online campus, those who are worshiping with us from wherever you find yourself. Uh, we are we are grateful for you, and um, and I'm thankful that you're a part of CrossBridge. Hey, I want to continue. Uh, we've been in this series, and it's going to be a little different today. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna kind of figure that out as we go. And um, but there's a story of Scripture. Uh, I've got a story to share with you today, as well as a Scripture, and so I, I want to start with that. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. And so let's let's take a look at it. Here's what it says: A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost This is where Jesus begins to tell a story for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 Could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. And then here's this line again So you cannot be my disciple without giving up everything you own. Father, thank you. Um, Man, there's times when we read your truth and it just, uh, man, it just cuts right uh, through us. We're reminded of the seriousness of the call to follow you, and so today, as I share um, a very difficult story, Um, I pray for every person who's listening. I pray for Crossbridge. I pray that you would help me to choose my words carefully, and God, I I pray that even in the midst of a hard story, that you would be the one who provides peace and hope and uh, a reminder that God... um, all of this, every single one of us, our lives, the things we cherish, you hold them in the palm of your hand. So Father, I trust you, I trust you to help me today, I trust you to give us ears to hear, and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, as, as we look at this, we look at this passage of scripture um, in Luke, um, even, the, even the verses 25 through 27, that really stuck out to me of chapter 14. Let's just look at it again. Here's what it says. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you wanna be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Skipping down in that, it says, and if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You know, um, I was reminded last week, if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, I would encourage you to jump on our website and listen to the message last week. I thought Pastor John did a really good job, and uh, it was clear and concise and challenging. And and one of the lines that he said that stuck out to me that I've I've heard often in my head this week is that, um, really simply, he just said, following Jesus is hard. And I think that's the truth. Like when when we are really like listening and and we've really kind of taken our lives and said, I'm not going to be the leader, I'm going to be the follower and I'm going to let Jesus lead, it's hard. Um, You know, I've been on a journey following Jesus for a long time, but I'll tell you this, in the last couple months, my journey has been hard and I'm going to tell you a story today. A few, a, few, um, a few months ago, I picked up a book and it was a book off my shelf and I, I've actually referenced it several times in preaching to you if you've been listening across the last few, um, the last few months. The book was called The Last Arrow by Erwin McManus. And it's the type of book, in fact, as I mentioned it, several Crossbridgers began to read it. So several people have said, oh, I'm reading that book and that is one, like, whew, that is a hard book. And hard is in... Um, it's so challenging. And, and when I read that book, what I would say, like what happened to me was that God really challenged me um, to look at my life and to assess uh, what am I really doing with it? And, and even beyond that, that he that caused me to assess like what, what is comfortable in my life and, and am I willing to become uncomfortable? I started thinking about it, and I thought the thing that is the most comfortable in my life um, is Crossbridge. Uh, Crossbridge is a church, I've been here almost, um, in my ninth year, and, and I think about the last eight and a half years, and they've been amazing. I can't think of a church that's been more fun to lead, that's been easy to lead, that uh, I love the people, I love you, and I have felt loved by you. And, and as I started to think about it, I just thought, man, I've really gotten comfortable. I think sometimes we think comfortable is like, that's a good thing, right? Who wants to be uncomfortable? But one of the things that I felt challenged in this book was that um, to really relook at my priorities in my life, to look at what was in first place, second, third, and fourth, and were the order of things right? And, and I began to think about it, and I realized that things were not in the right order, What had happened for me across the last eight years, um, probably even the last couple, to be truthful with you, is that the church, you know, you you think about number one should be your relationship with God, right? Most of us would probably assume that. For me, the number two, I would think, would be my relationship with my wife. Number three would be my relationship with my kids. And number four would be Crossbridge. One of the things about being a pastor, I think, is that oftentimes this whole relationship with God and being a pastor gets very like muddied, um, sometimes difficult to keep those in their rightful place. And as I read that book, it became very clear to me that um, Crossbridge had just gotten a little too high on the priority list. And, and you may say, well, how could church become too high on your priority list? And w- what I would say is this, like, like anything, you know, anytime something becomes maybe uh, more of a priority than your relationship with God itself, or your, your marriage, or, you know, your, your family, then it's a problem. Like, it, it, it's a problem. And so, now, now here's what I would say. As I worked through that, um, I began to think about that. The Lord began to help me, and I felt like He, he helped me Like he was beginning to help me see it differently. One one of the ways in which I was seeing it and I was actually practicing seeing it was that I literally was thinking about Crossbridge, this church that I love, and I was thinking about it in a way in which I could, like in my hands, um, this kind of figurative language that I would put it on the table, that I would release my hands from it and it would become less of this thing that I held so tightly and it would become more of a thing that I held loosely. And and in doing that, it was amazing. Like I, I saw these other relationships: my relationship with my wife, my relationship with the kids, like my relationship with God. Like things began to change as I held it more loosely. That being said, um, I felt like God was doing this work in my life. He still is. But then a couple months ago, um, in the midst of reading that book, I received an email. I received an email that um, I had been invited into a process to be considered to be a pastor of another church. Uh, the church was College Church of the Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas. And when I got that email, I, I thought to myself, and let me just back up for a second. You, you may remember when my wife stepped down, uh, Rachel stepped down from Leading Children's Ministry, and one of the things we said is, hey, just because she's stepping down means Kevin doesn't mean Kevin is leaving, they are staying. The, the truth was none of this happened before that. This came after that. But when I got that email, I actually, I read it and I've gotten several of those emails before. It's not, you don't volunteer to be in a process. You just get thrown in one. And a lot of times your name gets inserted somewhere. And so when you get the phone call or you get the email, what you do, what I have done across the last several years, the last eight years, it just said, no, thank you. Like, I love where I am. I love the people that I serve. And and I did the very same thing this time. I responded with a no, thank you. Um, I'm not interested in going anywhere else. In fact, and I really truthfully, I looked at that church and I just thought to myself, I'm probably not the right fit for that church anyway. A- at one point, um, as God continued to kind of work with my heart and he continued to challenge me, I-, I felt across that process that I was supposed to leave my name in. There was still multiple candidates and I felt like God was saying, hey, we talked about this, that you would put Crossbridge on the table and that you would actually leave it there and you would be open to what I might want to do in your life. I remember one night standing in the kitchen and um, I was very cranky. Maybe you can imagine that. I was in a bad mood and, um, and Rachel looked at me and she said, what is wrong with you? Maybe that's happened to you before. Um, your wife's looked at you and asked what's wrong with you. But I, and, and I just said to her, I said, Rachel, I, I, I don't want to be in any process. I don't, I don't want to go to any other church. Uh, in fact, I don't, I don't want any part of it. Um, and then I whispered or said these words, um, and I'm not proud that I said them, but I said them. And, and, and I made this statement that I said, at this point in my life and in what I do, I ought to be able to pick where I go. And, um, and I'm telling you, those words came out of my mouth. And the moment they did, I heard his voice, not in an audible kind of way, but I heard these words in my heart that were instant and the instant thing that I heard was, Kevin, when did you get so arrogant? And, and it, you know, that, those are not words that anyone likes to hear. And as I heard those words, I just thought, oh, they, they hurt, they pierced my heart, and yet I thought they're true. When I was like 17 years old, and I was in the, um, my basement bedroom at the Donahoe house, and I was doing my devotionals late at night, and I knew the Lord had called me, to be a pastor. I don't know how to describe that besides the fact that I knew it. And, and I remember, like, I was so excited and scared. Uh, I was preparing then to go to Olivet Nazarene University and, and I had this, like, something inside of me that was like, I'm gonna, be pre- I'm gonna get prepared and I will go where you send me. God, I will go where you send me. I'll serve the people you call me to. Like, I am clay in your hands. And, and it was so interesting. In the kitchen, all that flashed through my mind and I just thought, where did that Kevin go? In the last eight years, I've gotten so comfortable being the pastor of a wonderful church that I, I don't really think that way anymore. Uh, my thought has been, um, why would I ever go? Why would God ever send me? Why wouldn't he just leave me here where I love these people and these people seem to love me and the mission is happening? Like there's no reason to go anywhere else and I don't want to. And I really saw myself here forever. It's why I bought a house two years ago. Um, And yet in the midst of this, I could just sense that God was up to something. Now, I'll tell you this. um, I fought the process the whole way. In fact, um, for the last month, I've been absolutely exhausted. I've woke up in the middle of the night, I don't know how many times, in a panic. And I don't know how many times I've said, Lord, I don't want to do it. Lord, I just would you just give me the freedom uh, to say no to this opportunity and to say yes to staying here? Can you just give me a choice and actually allow me to feel good about staying here? But the Lord has spoken to me over and over and over and he's confirmed it in a variety of ways. Now, here's what I want you to hear. I mean, you, you're hearing it, right? I, I know that the Lord has called me to be a pastor at College Church of the Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas. The truth is I can't do both. And so it means I have to leave a people I love um, to go to a place that uh, I'm trusting that that God can take my heart and and do something there too. I'm I'm grieving in this moment with expectation and anticipation that, that God can bring me out of this grief and help me to lead a new church. I'll tell you, um, when I think about this, maybe some of you might think, uh, I, there's all kinds of things I'm guessing you're thinking. Somehow or another, I'm climbing some ladder, I'm going to some larger church, I'm, and it's just not the truth. Uh, the church is not larger. It's actually, a, it's a little smaller than Crossbridge. A culture is completely different. It just is what it is. They're just two different places. But here's what I know. I know that as I went through this process, I sensed that God was asking me to follow him. That He was asking me to give up comfortable for uncomfortable. And, um, and, and when I think about it, um, you may not know this. Some of you wouldn't know this. You've, you've only been here the last few years. When I came to Crossbridge eight years ago, I fought and fought and fought. I was at, um, I was leading a church that was in my home community, my hometown, and I really thought I'd never leave there either. You know, my, really my kind of heart for ministries has been, you go and you, you love the people, you invest 100%, which makes it absolutely miserable to leave. When I came to Crossbridge, there was actually a point where um, I was invited to come to Crossbridge and I said no. And um, I said no because I was fearful because I had anxiety about it. I was scared. I didn't want to do something new. I didn't want to leave home. And, um, and it was kind of interesting because Crossbridge, the leadership team at Crossbridge, they knew I had missed it. It took me 30 days to figure it out, 30 days of sleepless nights. But I remember that so clearly. And as I walked through this process, I found myself thinking, don't do it again. Don't get there again. You know, I think back, I think the things that I have, um, the things I want you to hear from me is this, that God has done a work in me. Uh, He's done a work in my family. As I've walked through this process, I've watched my kids grow spiritually. I've watched my marriage grow. I've been stretched to trust him more than I have in a long time. I've heard from him more than I have in a long time. And I'll tell you what I'm trusting I'm trusting that the same God who called me to CrossBridge, and I can tell you now, it's been the eight year, best eight years of ministry I've ever had. That the God who called me to CrossBridge and has made it so good, that that same goodness is in the midst of this call as well. I'm trusting that the goodness of God is always there when we say yes to Him. And we're willing to follow him, even if it means giving up everything we're comfortable with and everything we love. The other thing that I wrote down here is I'm, I'm doing what I hope I've taught you to do over the last eight years. I hope what you've heard from me over and over is that I wanted you to follow Jesus. That I wanted to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus and that you would continue to take steps Next steps to deepen your walk with him. There came a point in this process where I knew that if I said no, I would re-enter as the pastor here. And the truth is no one would know. This church would move on and hire a new pastor. And I would just jump in the next day and pick up and be like, whew, that was close. I'm staying at Crossbridge. But here's what I knew. I knew that my leadership would be compromised. Not because of what you would know, but because of what I would know. That when I stood in front of you and invited you to follow Jesus at all cost, that I would know in my heart I hadn't done the same. I really felt like to stay would have disqualified me from leading here. You know, one of the things that, that I am confident of too is when I think about this church and I think about how amazing it is, Amazing leadership, amazing staff, amazing people, missional to the core. I think about all the things. I think about the stories, the people that I love. Here's the reality. This church isn't mine. And this church isn't yours. This church is his. There was a point in this journey um, where I was alone with God And I was actually trying to think about the next five years here. I was trying to wrap my head around, God, like, what are you going to do in the future? And help me to think about it. Help me to see what's next. And I'm telling you, I knew it. I knew it in my heart that he was saying to me that those five years, it would not be me leading it. But I know this. There are an incredible five years in front for Crossbridge. I just couldn't see it because I'm not the leader of it. But the truth is, God is stirring someone else See, the mission continues. The mission continues for me. And I want you to pray for me. I, maybe even find it in your heart to pray for a church that I'm going to. The, the truth is this. I'm going to do the same mission. The mission will not change. It won't change for me, and it better not change for you. Because the truth is, we live in a big world where a whole lot of people need Jesus. Jesus. And I would be so disappointed to hear that upon me going to lead another congregation to do the same kind of mission, that the mission would have somehow another gone stale here. I hope over the years that your trust isn't in Kevin Donahoe, but your trust is truly in Jesus. My goal has been to link your hand and God's hand together, and I hope you felt that. The truth is, I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you loving me. I'm thankful for you accepting me. I'm thank you for loving my family and my kids. And I'm thankful for you letting me share my life with you. I'm thankful that you let me grow here as a leader. I'm thankful that you let me tell silly stories. I'm thankful that you've partnered with me to accomplish the mission over and over, and over. Crossbridge, um, there are good days ahead for both of us. You know, there's, this is the kind of thing where um, I wanna manage, I'm just being honest, I wanna manage how you receive it. I don't want you to be upset with me, I don't. But at the end of the day, here's what I know, I, I can't. I can't manage it, I can just share my heart, I can point you to the truth. I can point you to what the life of Jesus looks like. And when I came here, I followed him. When I led you here over the last eight years, I did my best to follow him. And on the way out, I will follow him. And I hope, I hope what you take away, I hope what you're challenged with is that you would follow him. That you would make hard decisions that you would follow him at all cost, that you would lay your life down, that you might pick up this incredible life that God has for you, even when you can't see it. Crossbridge, I love you. I care about you. I believe in you. And I'm thankful to have the opportunity to be your pastor. I'm gonna pray for us in just a moment, but here would be my challenge to you. My challenge to you would not just be that you'd hear this story and you would walk away thinking about me, but you would hear this story and you'd walk away thinking about your own life and thinking about what he might be calling you to, to think about how he might be challenging you, to think about how he might be reprioritizing, that he might want to be first place in your life and what that might mean, to think about what it might look like to truly follow his voice in your life. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for these great people and I thank you for the last eight years and the opportunity to serve them. God, I pray across this next month, Lord, you just help me to to continue to preach to them, to love them, I also pray even today that you would already be this thinking about how you're gonna continue this work here. I I pray though too, I pray that people would hear in this story, not the story of Kevin moving. I pray that people would hear a story The story in my heart would be that I would want them to do the same thing to pursue you with all of their heart, mind, and soul, and to follow you with everything they have, whether it means being comfortable or uncomfortable. That they would passionately follow you and trust that you are good that your goodness is in front of them, that when we trust in you with all of our hearts and we lean not on our own understanding, but we just live in a way in which acknowledges you in every part of our life, that, Lord, you can lead our paths straight. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for your voice. I'm thankful for your leadership in my life. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge every one of us. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.